0: Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided. Three against two, two against three. A father will be divided against his son, and a son against his father. A mother against her daughter, and a daughter against her mother. A mother in law against her daughter in law, and a daughter in law against her mother in law. The Gospel of the Lord. Every once in a while in the Gospels, it's almost like Jesus' heart just bursts open. He just lets out all the passion, all the fire that he has in his heart. And this is one of those moments. This is one of those Gospels where he just lets it out, all that he's feeling, all that he's thinking. And we hear these strong words that he says, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There's a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished there's no watering down this message there's no taming of jesus sometimes people want to tame jesus as if he was just this nice peaceful guy but then you read the gospels and you realize no this was a guy full of fire and he, that's what he's saying he came to do is bring this fire but the question for us is what what is all this all about this baptism and fire what's he speaking about there Well, we're reading all we hear every Sunday are little excerpts. We hear a little piece of the gospel. And what we've just heard is from the 12th chapter of the gospel of Luke. But if we look earlier on in the third chapter, we get a clue as to what Jesus is talking about. Listen to what St. John the Baptist said just a few chapters before this. He says, I baptize you with water, but one is coming after me who is greater than I. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, fire. And that's what Jesus is saying right here. Yes, I am the one. I'm the one who have come to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. What does this mean? Well, Luke, he not only wrote the gospel of Luke, he also wrote the Acts of the Apostles. And in the Acts of the Apostles, when the Holy Spirit comes for the first time upon the apostles, he writes that it came upon them like tongues of fire. It came upon them like tongues of fire. And to be baptized in this fire, the word baptize, what it originally meant in the Greek, bautizane, means to be submerged. They used it, it was a naval term that they used for ships that were sinking. When it sunk, completely submerged, it would say bautizane. That was a ship that was baptized. But then later on, the Christians took that word and they said, that's what it is to be submerged. But now, last question, what does it mean to be submerged by the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, like Jesus is saying? Well, St. Paul, he's the one that gives us a clue. He says, the Holy Spirit is the love of God poured out into our hearts. So if we put all of that together, when Jesus is saying, I've come to set the world on fire, when he, that he's, he has come to baptize us in the Holy Spirit, he means that his greatest desire for all of us here, for every person on the earth, is that we can be submerged in the love of God, that we can have a real personal experience of Oh God that God loves you me every single one of us in a very real way in a very powerful way. And when you experience that it is very transforming. It is very transforming. I want to share I want to share with you a testimony that somebody wrote me recently about this experience of what that means to be set on fire by the Holy Spirit. This is what this girl writes. She says after this powerful experience she says, I feel so alive. I feel on fire. I can say now I'm truly living. I realize that I have a very unique purpose. Sure, each of us has a mission to serve Christ and spread his love, but within that call, each of us has a vastly different purpose. The Lord knew way before I was born who he would place in my path, the sufferings I would go through, the ways that I would struggle with life, the way I would persevere in faith. He knew it all. When I say I feel alive, I mean that I'm living a new life. That I can smile with the joy that I found in him not in the world around me. That my identity, my reason for living is within him. That I can live this life, truly live, because he takes me on a mission every day. Those are such good words, the way that she put that. But she's describing what that experience is like. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, when, you, when the love of God is poured out into your heart, You experience this new passion, this new fire, this new love within you, and also a new being impelled on a mission. You're here for a reason, that he knows what that is, and he sends you out on that. But then Jesus, he says these very troubling words right after this. And in order to understand them, we have to remember this first part, because this is what Jesus says right after this. He says, do you think that I've come to bring peace? No. I tell you, but I've come... Bring division. What does he mean there? What does he mean? Does he really, does he want to bring about division? Does he want us to have divided families like what it says here? No. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want that division, but he's warning us. He's warning you that if you are set on fire by the love of God, if you decide to follow Christ, if you discover that he teaches us the truth, the best way to live, the happiest way to live is to follow him, follow what he teaches, that that brings you true life, you're going to come up against conflict. You're going to come up against division. And we see this all the time. It's not so popular to live the way that Christ teaches. It's not popular. We come up against division. But why is that? Why, why does there have to be division if we're following Christ? Why is that? Why is there that division? It's because we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world where the ideals and the values of our culture and our of our society do not match up with Christ's ideals, with his values. And if that's the case, then we're gonna find opposition. We're gonna find some struggles. And that's what we hear about in these readings. Look at Jeremiah. We hear this reading of Jeremiah, this first reading of Jeremiah, that they threw him into this cistern, that they want to shut him up. Well, why? Well, because Jeremiah, he's a prophet. What does that mean? That he's come to speak on behalf of God, to the people, to say, this is what God wants you to know. And what did he say to them? Well, they're under siege. He's, they're in Jerusalem. They're under siege. And he's telling them, God is saying that we need to surrender, that it's going to be better for us if we surrender. We'll lose many. We'll, we'll lose much fewer lives if we surrender. And they say, no way. We're not surrendering. And they fight and they fall and they lose way more lives. But they didn't. He comes up against that opposition. And in the second reading, listen to these words. This is what this letter to the Hebrews describes Jesus. He says, "Consider how he, Jesus, endured such opposition from sinners in order that you may not grow weary and lose heart in your struggle against sin." In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. We haven't, but some have. The martyrs, they resisted to the point of shedding blood. They held fast to that faith. I saw this in a, really, in a really powerful way. I was living in Washington, D.C. for some years. and We run a campus ministry at American University there. And we did a program where all we did was teach the essentials of the faith. And we invited anybody from any faith background. They could come. They could learn about the Catholic faith if they wanted to. And So there was one year when this young woman came. She wasn't Catholic. She wasn't even Christian. She didn't know anything about Christianity. But she heard about it, and she said, okay, I want to check this out. So she started coming, and she really liked it. She kept coming, kept coming. Well, in the middle of that course, we offered a retreat. and This retreat was centered on the Holy Spirit, where in the middle of this retreat, what we asked for is that the Holy Spirit be poured out into our hearts, so we can experience God's love in a very real way. She did that. She opened her heart. She asked, Lord, I want to experience your love, pour out your Holy Spirit. She opened up, and she prayed, and she asked for that, as did we all she had a very, very powerful experience. A very powerful experience of the love of God. And she came out of that. And She came up to us and she said, I think that I want to become Catholic. She said, because I've discovered this is the truth. This is real. I've never experienced God's love like I have on this retreat. And she said, I know that my parents are not going to like this. Because her parents were very, very opposed to Christianity, especially Catholicism. And she called up her dad and she told her dad, Dad, I'm gonna enter into RCIA and I wanna become Catholic because I really believe that this is the truth. I've experienced God's love like I've never had before. And her dad said to her, If you become Catholic, I will no longer consider you my daughter. Well, imagine that for her, it was a big struggle for her. And she didn't know what to do. She said, I love, I love my dad, I love my parents. She said, But I can't deny this. This is true, that God is real, that Jesus is real, that I've experienced his love. I can't go against that. Because I know that it's true. And so she went through with it. She became Catholic. She entered in the church. And her, her parents kicked her out of the house. It was really, it was very difficult to see. But for the for the community, it was so powerful to see, my goodness, she this is real. And this has high stakes. And that's what Jesus is warning us in this gospel. He says, you can't be afraid. We can't be afraid of opposition. We have to expect it, that there will be opposition, that there will be conflict. But what Jesus says is, don't let that conflict, don't let that opposition put out that fire in your heart. Because this world needs that fire. This world is yearning for the love of God. Every single human heart was created for the love of God. And so he wants that fire to be kept blazing. So this week, I want to invite us to ask for two things. One, fire. and Number two, courage. To remember those words this week, fire and courage, fire and courage, fire to ask. We may be in different situations here. Maybe you say, you know, I've never experienced that fire. I've never experienced the love of God in a very real way. I would love to experience that. Ask for that this week. Lord, help me to experience your fire. If you have, ask for that to be renewed. Pour out your fire, renew that fire of your love. May that be blazing in my heart. And second, courage. courage—to Not let any conflict with coworkers or friends or family, whatever it may be, don't, don't let that put out that fire. This world needs that fire. Our hearts need that fire. And Christ wants that fire to spread from our hearts to others' hearts to set the world on fire with his love.